0: Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondent around the world. I'm Tianlu, coming up in this edition. Clashes continue across the Gaza Strip as mediators speed up talks on a possible ceasefire. The Ukrainian president has confirmed the deaths of 31,000 soldiers for the first time since the conflict with Russia started. And the UN Environment Assembly is meeting in Nairobi to discuss some of the world's most pressing environmental challenges. We begin with the Middle East. Two rounds of talks to reach a truce in the israel hamas conflict will be held in Qatar and Egypt. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the U.S., Israel and several other Middle East countries have reached an understanding on the terms of a potential deal. But he did not give any details. The Gaza Strip is still under Israeli siege and bombardment with the humanitarian situation deteriorating. Associated Press journalist David Biller has more from Jerusalem.
1: There is some progress in the sense that just a week ago, Netanyahu was saying that Hamas's demands were delusional. Those included uh, the release of thousands of Palestinian prisoners. And he also said that it didn't make sense for Israel to even participate in negotiations. Now he's showing that he does think negotiations could lead to an agreement. Um, you know, Egyptian state media said that the talks are resuming in Doha. But at the same time, we see Netanyahu saying that he's going to be asking for authorization to move into Rafa. This is the city that's pinned against the border of Egypt and Gaza. It normally has less than 300,000 people. Now it has about 1.4 million Gazans, many of them displaced and living in tents, crammed in. The UN has warned that any action in, in Rafa could be catastrophic. The U.S. has said that it hasn't yet seen a credible plan to protect civilians. Um, so you know, it, it's, it's obviously very worrisome to the international community. It may be a pressure tactic from Netanyahu, but at the same time, there's a reason to believe that he will indeed go into Rafah sooner or later. He said that four of six remaining battalions uh, of Hamas are concentrated in Rafah, and so Israel has no choice but to go in, and that obviously it will go in. Humanitarian conditions in Gaza have continued to deteriorate, um, UN warned of Looming famine, uh, said it hasn't been able to make food deliveries in northern Gaza in about a month. At the same time, we know the World Food Program convoys have been, uh, you know, mobbed by by desperate Palestinians, uh, and and they faced total chaos. Hospitals in northern Gaza and Gaza City are now operating uh, without any fuel uh, for their generators. Particularly, one in Gaza City hasn't had fuel for 10 days. What that means is that. Patients who are on di- dialysis or in intensive care units um, could die. Spoiled medicines that are, that are sensitive could spoil. My colleagues at the AP are seeing this firsthand. I mentioned Rafa earlier that's suffering from overcrowding uh, and, and all the demands and stresses that creates. He w- uh, she was with a, a woman who was in a bread line today who said she spends three hours every day from six to nine to get a bundle of bread that she brings back to her tent that she shares with eight other displaced families the colleague also went to a field hospital the neonatal unit in this field hospital and what what she saw was truly disturbing it was instead of one baby per incubator there were three or four babies in each incubator because there was so much demand that's because the babies are getting viral infections from being in crowded uh conditions respiratory what the doctor told my colleague is that Whereas that field hospital's unit was seeing one to two babies die per month, it is now seeing two to three per shift.
0: Now, was David Biller on the Israel-Hamas conflict. Reports indicate that 23 people have been killed in and around Hanunis in southern Gaza. Hamas says it retaliated with rocket attacks against Israeli soldiers and vehicles. Akram El-Satari has more from Rafah.
2: Well, the fighting in western Khan Yunis is still continuous, the, the fighting in eastern Khan Yunis is also still continuous. There were some reports about the Israeli uh, occupation forces redeploying in the areas, and also the fighting in southern Rafah is still continuous, the civil defence, they are going there to put off fires that are resulted by ongoing raids, and Khan Yunis also have there have been some reports coming from Khan Yunis about the destruction of full blocks, residential blocks, about people who are still under the rubble of their homes and about around 68 people who killed so far. But the number is likely to increase after a series of bombardments were reported from different parts of Khan Yunis and Gaza and the whole Gaza Strip as well.
0: That was Akram Al satari in Rafa. More on the conflict. The Houthi group in Yemen is reported to be planning to intensify attacks on US, British and Israeli ships in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden in response to Israel's military action in Gaza. US forces responded with dozens of raids on Houthi sites in Sanaa and other parts of Yemen. Ab Alfandi has more from the Yemeni capital.
3: A new wave of strikes launched midnight Saturday evening by U.S.-British culture targeted primarily the capital's Yemen sanaa, Multiple airstrikes and raids targeted at Atan and Nahden districts. As well as an insecticide factory in the Nahden neighborhood, the American strikes also targeted the southern governorate of Taiz and the Hajjah governorate in northern Yemen. The leaders of the Houthi movement say the attacks would not affect their military capabilities According to the U.S. forces, its attacks aim to weaken the Houthis' ability to target ships in the Red Sea. The Houthis issued a statement after launching new attacks on American oil ships in the Gulf of Aden, as well as drone attacks on American battleships in the Red Sea.
2: The missile targeted a number of American warships in the Red Sea with a number of drones. The Yemeni armed forces confirm they will confront the British-American escalation by further qualitative military operations against all hostile targets in the Red and Arabian Seas in defense of our country, people, and nation.
3: Daily life in the capital, Zana goes on. Traffic has not been affected by the air strikes. These residents of the capital say the international strikes wouldn't affect their support for the Palestinian people.
4: The raids will not discourage the Yemeni people from living their lives as naturally as you can see now.
1: Whatever the U.S. and Britain bombard us with, we will not leave our brothers in Gaza. We will continue to support them and will remain the brothers of Palestinians.
3: Sana has warned of further escalation in the Red Sea, stating that the targeting of Yemeni territories wouldn't go unanswered, but instead would result in a greater response and more escalation. So far, the Ansar al lahouthi says it has targeted 15 international ships in an embargo since the November 19th last year.
0: That was Ab al-Fendi in Sana. Now turning to Europe. Ukraine's defense minister says half of promised Western military support to Ukraine has failed to arrive on time, leading to more deaths of its soldiers. Ukraine's military and political officials gathered for a forum in Kyiv on Sunday. They discussed achieving Ukraine's goals as the conflict enters its third year. President Volodymyr Zelensky said 31,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed since the conflict began the first time Ukraine has confirmed the number of losses Lim reports from Kyiv
4: Ukraine's top officials took part in a forum on Sunday and laid out the country's goals for the year ahead. Mikhailo Fedorov, the Minister of Digital Transformation, reiterated Kyiv's goal of producing one million drones. And Alexander Kamishin, the Minister of Strategic Industries, said Ukraine's defense capabilities will increase sixfold this year. Zelensky's Chief of Staff, Andriy Yermak, said Ukraine and its foreign partners could invite Russia to a future peace summit if Moscow was willing to discuss an end to the conflict on Kiev's terms. Zelensky held a press conference after the forum where he appealed for more support from the United States. He said Ukraine was in need of more aid within a month. Defense Minister Rustem Umirov said 50% of Western armed deliveries are delayed.
2: Since the situation is always dynamic, at the moment, commitment doesn't constitute delivery. of commitments are not delivered on time. So which means that in the mathematics of war, we look to the enemy, their economy is almost two trillion. They use up to 15% uh, official and unofficial budget to the war, which constitutes over 150 billion US dollars. So annually, it's officially so basically whatever committed that doesn't come on time will lose people will lose territories
4: meanwhile russia's defense ministry said that its forces had advanced near Avdiivka. kiev's troops retreated from the eastern city last week and confirmed that the town was under russian control open source maps showed russian troops had now occupied the village of lastochkine Also on Sunday, an overnight attack by Russia reportedly destroyed the Kostyantinivka central station in the Donetsk region. No casualties were reported as the train station had not been in operation for a long time, according to Ukraine's railway company.
0: That was Maguma Lim on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. In Africa, the world's top environmental decision-making body is meeting in Kenya's capital, Nairobi, to discuss some of the most pressing challenges concerning our planet. More than 5,000 representatives from across the world will debate on some 19 resolutions ranging from halting desertification to ending biodiversity loss. The United Nations says the assembly comes at a critical time as 2023 was the hottest year on record. It says 1 million species are heading toward extinction and pollution remains a leading cause of premature death globally. Pandan has more from Nairobi.
2: Here we are at the UN Environment Programme in Nairobi. This is the very venue for the sixth UN Environment Assembly. The Environment Assembly itself is the UN's highest decision-making body on the environment. This time, 193 members of the UN are expected to attend, discussing critical issues, facing our planet, and to be honest, facing each and every one of us. This is the main conference hall for this year's UN Environment Assembly Plenary Session. All UN members, including China, are expected to attend to discuss three major topics, or let's use the official term here, three planetary crises, namely climate change, loss of biodiversity, and pollution. So far, it's reported that 19 resolutions have been proposed, and let's see if participants we get some consensus here to deal with this common challenge.
0: That was Pan Zhen on the UN Environment Assembly. Finally, in South America... Thousands of supporters of former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro have rallied in Sao Paulo to defend him against legal challenges that could put him in jail. Bolsonaro is being investigated for his alleged role in last January's attacks on government buildings by his supporters over his 2022 election loss. Paulo Capro reports from Sao Paulo.
2: A large crowd gathered on São Paulo's Avenida Paulista in support of Jair Bolsonaro most heated the former president's call to wear green and yellow, Brazil's national colors, which are also those of the country's national soccer team jersey. These colors have, over the past few years, been closely identified with Bolsonaro's right-wing political followers. This is a very important moment for Bolsonaro to resume his journey back to the presidency and I truly believe in his victory. I think he won't be arrested. We will continue the fight. In 2026, he will win the presidency again. Bolsonaro called for this rally during a live internet broadcast a couple of weeks ago, stating it was aimed at defending the democratic rule of law and himself. In this event, I want to defend myself against all accusations that have been made against me in the past few months. More than just speeches, we need a photograph of all of you, because you are the most important people at this event to show Brazil and the world our unity. The grip around Bolsonaro tightened a couple of weeks ago and the federal police confiscated his passport and took several of his allies in for questioning in connection with investigations into a plot to attempt a coup d'etat following his 2022 electoral defeat. A few days later, the Supreme Court released the video of a meeting with Bolsonaro and several high-ranking officials. They spoke candidly, not knowing they were being recorded, about the possibility of disrupting the election. In one part, Bolsonaro urges his group to do something before the vote. We know that if we react after the elections, there will be chaos in Brazil. It will turn into a big guerrilla, a bonfire in Brazil. Now, does anyone have any doubt that the left, as things have been going, will win the elections? There is no point in me having 80% of the votes. They will win the elections. During Sunday's demonstration, Bolsonaro did not use his speech to attack opponents, but rather he denied any intention of a coup. The large turnout at Sunday's protest suggests Jair Bolsonaro and Brazil's right-wing do have a sizable number of supporters. The question is whether this will have any impact on the decisions by the courts concerning the future of the former president. The case is in the hands of the country's Supreme Court, a body that former President Bolsonaro harshly criticized during his term. It's unclear how long the proceedings will last. But the possibility of imprisonment is something his opponents are eagerly anticipating and his supporters are dreading.
0: That was Paulo Cabral on the political unrest in Brazil. Recapping today's headlines, clashes are continuing across the Gaza Strip as mediators speed up talks on the possible ceasefire. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has confirmed the deaths of 31,000 soldiers for the first time since the conflict with Russia started. And the UN Environment Assembly is meeting in Nairobi to discuss some of the world's most pressing environmental challenges. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine programme. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tianlu. Thank you for listening.